Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting sites and apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many others. Episodes of the podcast also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 AM across Central Virginia. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Again, that's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. And with that, today we're pleased to be joined by Ashley Capolotero and Angela Fuentes, who are the co-founders and leaders of Stepsisters, an organization dedicated to helping patients battling breast cancer. In a moment, we'll discuss their work and the ways in which people can help the Stepsisters organization in support of breast cancer patients. But first, welcome to the program, Angela and Ashley. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. So let's get right into it. And let's start with a conversation about the history of your organization, which, as I understand, it dates to 2005. It started with a group of neighbors who are raising money for cancer research and in the years since has grown to a more robust network of people helping other people who are undergoing cancer treatment. I understand that this work is personal for each of you due to family cancer diagnoses. Mm -hmm. So if you would, tell us how each of you channeled those personal circumstances into this organization. Ashley, let's start with you. So my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer um, about 15 years ago. And at the time, I had young children, and I was living in Northern Virginia, and my mom was living in Maryland. And she was helped with an organization called the Red Devils, and Maryland-based. And they provided meals, house cleaning. I think she got a massage, um, supporting her while she faced treatment when I wasn't able to be there for her. So tucked in the back of our minds, we thought, this is kind of what we would like to do as the stepsisters. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And then, Angela, what about you? Yes, I'm actually um, a 12-year survivor. And when I was going through treatment, um, I had the help of friends and family and neighbors. Um, I don't ever remember having to cook during treatment. Um, I had people that were available if I needed a ride. Um, and so by joining the stepsisters, that was kind of my way to pay forward all the help that I received um, during treatment and, you know, allows us to be able to give these same um, type of, of help to uh, local breast cancer patients. I want to thank you both for sharing those experiences. And so with that backstory, Angela, can you tell us how the organization has evolved since then and what type of support services the organization offers now and how that's accomplished? Is it with volunteer support, um, with members? How does that work? Yeah, sure. Um, so like you said, we originally began um, raising money for research. And so back in 2014, um, we decided to shift our focus and um, fund services that directly impact uh, breast cancer patients' lives. And so the way that works is we work with uh, area hospitals and the nurse navigators who actually know the patients a lot better than we do. Um, they will determine, you know, what type of needs um, a patient has. And it could be financial. It could just be emotional support. Um, and then they come to us and or, you know, they order services directly from vendors that we work with directly um, and order the services for the patients. And the way it works is um, each hospital kind of has its its own little set of funds that they decide how they want to split it up um, based on the patient's needs. And then, Ashley, if you could, over the past 15 years that the organization has been in existence, how many people has the Stepsisters helped and provided support services to? Uh, during their treatment? And then in terms of uh, the caseload, does the, the need ebb and flow or is it pretty consistent? So it's hard to put a number on it. Um, as an organization, we actually rarely meet the patients we serve. 
it's it's really up to the nurse uh, navigators that we work with to discern which patients need help and and what kind would be most impactful to them. So um, over over the years, our the services that we provide have evolved. We provide um, we start with one hospital and we provide um, and and grew to I think we have nine locations at this point that we're supporting. Everything from transportation to and from treatment, house cleaning, prepared meals, fresh fruits, deliveries, child care, pet services. And then most recently with the pandemic, our services that we have, our core services that I just listed have kind of flipped to really more our crisis fund where the need, you know, we, I think it's been two or three years since we initiated our crisis fund, which provides critical support in the areas of housing and utilities. And during the pandemic, that's what it has evolved to really, we're doing more crisis fund support currently, along with our core services. And then you mentioned uh, you have grown from one hospital partner to nine hospital partners now. Is that all in the Northern Virginia area, Ashley, or is that beyond that? Yeah, they are all in Northern Virginia. Okay, thank you. And so for people who are listening and who might want to help or get involved with the work of Stepsisters, is there a website or other resources you might refer them to, Angela? Um, yes, you can find us at www.stepsisters.org. Um, we also have a Facebook page and Instagram page. Um, but if there's somebody that is looking for support um, personally or, or for a family member or friend, um, we usually direct them to the um, nurse navigator that works at the hospital where they're being treated. And then if, you know, if they're outside of our hospital service area, then we try to find other resources that maybe um, could point them in the right direction. And then, um, Ashley, what else about the organization should people know uh, beyond the website and where people can, uh, can get involved? Is there anything else that we haven't touched on that's important for people to understand about the organization? I mean, really, you know, what we are trying to do is step in like a sister would. You know, when, you know, a lot of the people, our board members and people that we know have been fortunate to have the support system. And we want to make sure everybody feels the same kind of support when they're going through treatment. So now that we know a little bit more about the Stepsisters organization, we also want to know a little bit more about the two of you. Uh, to do that, we have a few other questions to give our listeners a bit of a sense you are beyond uh, the work that you do. The first is, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Ashley, we'll start with you this time. I think probably an understanding that women in particular, it's very hard for us to ask for and receive help. Oftentimes, we're uncomfortable with it and we will turn it away. And so with our organization, we don't really ask. And that's why we work with these nurse navigators to identify patients that could use the support, whether it's financial or emotional. And it's somewhat anonymous. So it, it removes that uncomfortableness that a patient might feel accepting help from somebody they know. Sounds like that old uh, Beatles and Joe Cocker song, I get by with a little help from my friends. Uh, same question, okay. same question for you, Angela. Best piece of advice? Um, yeah, personally for me, um, be an advocate for your own health. Um, you know, the way I found that, you know, my breast cancer was through my own, you know, self care. And, you know, if you feel like something is wrong, um, you know, keep going back until you get an answer. And that's kind of the best advice that I've received in my life because, um, obviously, you know, it led me down this path to get myself treated. I'm, 
12 years cancer free. And, you know, it brought me into this wonderful organization um, that we run today. Well, that is good advice. Everyone has to be their own uh, their own advocate for their personal health, for their emotional well-being, and for so many other things. So that is good advice. Uh, the next question, and this is an entirely imaginary premise, but in the hypothetical scenario that you could anticipate your final day on Earth, what would your last meal be? Angela, we'll go with you first this time. Oh, my goodness. Um, my last meal on Earth. Um, I kind of have a sweet tooth, so I would have to say um, a lot of chocolate. Okay. <laughs> um, but if we're we're going the more healthy route, um, I I love sushi, so sushi would be on my menu. <laughs> okay, and then Ashley, what about you? <laughs> I think probably a giant bowl of pasta. I'm gluten and dairy free in my regular life, but if it was my last day and it didn't matter, I think a giant bowl of pasta. Okay, and we going with a red sauce or an Alfredo sauce? I think Alfredo would make it my last day on Earth. So <laughs> it would have to be tomato. Okay, and then finally. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself occupied? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what are your three entertainment survival kit picks? Ashley, we'll start with you this time. Oh my gosh, I got nothing. <laughs> um, probably my, say it again, my, my book, my one, album. One, one book, one album, and one movie. All right, my movie would be Pulp Fiction. And what do they call it? They call it the Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. What do they call it, Big Mac? Big Mac's a Big Mac, but they call it Le Big Mac. Le Big Mac. <laughs> what do they call it, Wobble? I don't know. I didn't go on a Burger King. Album, probably something Depeche Mode. I think I'm dating myself. It's okay. Enjoy the silence. <laughs> And book, gosh, there are too many great ones to pick from. Okay, well, you can you can stop it yeah. too, and we can we can toss it to Angela. Oh boy! All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, my my <laughs> my favorite movie of all time is Grease. I love music. I'm motivated by music and dancing. I grew up a dancer, so yeah, I'd have to pick Grease for my movie. My album, gosh, like I said, I'm I'm definitely moved by music, but I don't know if I could pick one album. Can I have like my, my XM radio station or something? <laughs> well, as- assuming you could get a satellite signal out there, in, true, in, in, true. in this hypothetical, sure, why not? Okay, and then book. Um, I don't know. It, it would have to be like some survival book, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How to get off that island. How to get off that island, right. I'm practical. (laughs) It it makes sense. 
Well, listen, I appreciate both of you spending a few minutes with us today and sharing your thoughts and experiences and picks with us. And with that, that is going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please go to Apple Podcast and leave us a five-star review and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are available. And we want to thank our guests once again, uh, Angela Fuentes and Ashley Campolatero for being with us and talking about the Stepsisters organization. So thanks. Thank you for having us.